Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? I heard that. Good. Excellent. 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 I'm doing good too. And of course, as you can see, we're on this show. I had computer I had computer issues. I, I've been complaining about the computer all week, you know, and trying to trying to get another computer and everything. So uh, that's still in the works. And my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. And I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you think you have a paranormal issue going on, we can get to you, all right? But it might take us a while. California is a big state. People don't realize how big California is. And if we do have to wait, you know, if it takes a little longer to get to you, we do have sensitives on staff that can phone you and talk to you and maybe calm things down before we get out there. Anyhow, a couple of announcements before we get rolling today. Starting next week, I am going to be opening up the Patreon site. And uh, the Patreon site is a pay site. And there's different levels on the Patreon site. But at each level that, that you participate, there's a gift. So it's not like you're, 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 paying, for, you know, you're, you're paying straight out of your pocket for just being on, a, being on this special site. There are gifts involved for, for each level. So uh, we're going to get that going. Because I'm going to have an interview that I'm doing that I'm going to go ahead and post there. And the idea with the Patreon site is to have our regular guests on that we have, like Dr. Hine. You know, people like that. But it will be separate interviews to what we're doing here. It'll you know, be more in-depth interviews with them or what, whatever it is there, is there is. In fact, the first interview that we are going to be doing over there is um, with the Hannons from Australia. The abductees. So they're going to be over there. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to be doing a pre-record for them, but you'll get the early. You'll get to see it early over at the Patreon. Okay, so we're going to start doing that. I also want to hear from you guys because I want to start doing some other events. You know, Nancy, Matt, and I want to start putting together some some psychic reading events and maybe special events where we talk like we do on Friday, only we take a little longer and go more in depth for what we're talking about. You know, and those will be paid events. I got to pick my bills here and. Uh, so that's part of why I'm doing it this way. You know, we, we want to start keeping the show on the air and, and, and being able to afford new equipment and everything else. So we're going to start rolling that way. I'm not going to make everything pay, pay, pay. It's not fair. I love this show. This show's not going anywhere. Okay. We're always going to be here as long as I, I can afford to keep us on the air. All right. So all the money go, goes back into California haunts, no matter what, whether it's either the show or it's the paranormal team. It all goes back in. Anyway, that's enough said. I'm out of breath now. Tonight, if you're watching from Facebook and you're new and you haven't done so yet and you like what you hear, please feel free to follow because we're looking for followers and feel free to hit that like button up there. Show us some love. We, you know, the more love we get, the, the more Facebook likes us. Uh, just like the same thing with YouTube. There's a little ghost with a magnifying glass on and he is our mascot. And if you click on him, you will be able to subscribe. We have over 540 videos over there. And uh, I'm sure there's something you're going to like because we, I like to vary my topics. You know, it's not always paranormal. It is, you know, like tomorrow night, Le Leslie Giglieri is going to be on with us for part two of the the, the son that, that killed his father. Okay, so she's going to be on for the part two of that. So I vary these shows. So I'm sure if you look through all those videos, you'll find something you like, not to mention the shorts that we're doing. And I'm going to be changing up some of the formats over there, too. So you're going to see some different folders that... Uh, that you can look at. Okay. So everything's changing up. We're making the changes here. I, you know, I've been thinking about making changes. And so we're, I'm finally implementing them with, with my, with my good friends, Nancy Matz and Karen Clark. So we're going to be doing a lot, quite, quite a bit over, uh, over at this end. And you guys are, are you know, you guys are going to like us or else. I'm just kidding. But um, yeah. So, uh, and I, I hope you like what, what we're doing. And like I said, the Patreon is, is, is going to be a really cool place for everybody. All right. All right. Um, we're even, and for people that are on TikTok, we're even going to try and institute a show on TikTok, an interview show on TikTok, including a psychic readings over there. And I don't know, I think, it'll, I'm not sure what Karen Clark wants to get on board for that yet, but uh, I have people that are available for that as well. 
Okay, that being said, okay, we've covered how to how to find the you know how, how to join on Facebook and and, and Twitter, yeah, Twitter, YouTube, but we are over at Twitter as well under Cal Haunts. We're over at TikTok as California Haunts, all lowercase, and we are over at Twitch as I think Cal Haunts as well. I'm also on Instagram, lowercase ghosty gal. You can find me over there. Come follow me over there because I have a, I, I'm putting quite a few videos and stuff over there. So I'm looking for followers there as well. Okay, my guest tonight, Dr. Dr. Hine, has been here before. And I enjoyed him thoroughly the last time he was here. He's a fascinating gentleman to talk to. And we're going to be talking about some very interesting stuff, paranormal cover-ups. And, uh, you know, then we're talking government cover-ups, all that stuff. So, uh, and scientific, you know, that the, we'll be talking about the scientific part of it as well. So, without further ado, let me bring the guest on and away we go. Good evening, sir. Hey, Charlotte. Thanks for having me here tonight. It is so good to have you back. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for having me back. I remember we had a really great conversation last time. Absolutely. So, for the people that don't know about you, tell us about you. Well, let's see. I'm just a very boring person. <laughs> I don't really have much to say about anything. <laughs> I actually... I'll tell you how I, I kind of got started in all this. It, it really was with my mom in the Everglades. We had a, a daylight UFO sighting while we oh. were bird watching. She was a bird watcher. She took, I was just, you know, preteen. She took us down in the early seventies to just myself and her to go watch birds in the Everglades. And there was something right overhead that uh, I thought it was the moon. I couldn't imagine what else could be that bright and that big but the moon was on the horizon as she pointed out. So then what was that thing hovering above us? As soon as we looked at binoculars, we put our binoculars on it, it started moving. So it went totally stationary. Also, it moves into a cloud. What, I mean, what does that? And I, I couldn't figure that out uh, as a 12 year old or so. And that, I guess, opened my mind to the possibility that there were other things out there. It didn't help that when we went to the ranger talk that night, that there was an, a blackout in the whole area. And when we said to the ranger, you know, she said, what did everyone see today? Anyone see anything interesting? And my mom raised her hand. She said, we saw a UFO. And the ranger said, did anybody else see anything interesting today? And that was the end of this discussion. We even went up to her after the talk and she just said it was probably a weather balloon or that type of thing. And the people sitting next to us had seen it too. So even as a young person, I had seen something that, it, it just didn't fit. And I have to tell you, this probably is a feeling that other people have. It just felt like it didn't belong there. It, there was a vibe about it. It didn't feel right. It, it's like it didn't feel like it fit on Earth. That's all I can tell you. I and mean, perhaps that's where my interest in all these subjects started. It was some sort of experience. My mom's to this day says that's when they got you. They zapped you. <laughs> <laughs> got into your head. You know, I've always thought something, and, and, and this, this is like this is like out there. But I actually saw this on a program where a lot of the, these these very smart individuals, like yourself, you have a PhD, you know, and we're talking scientists, maybe Gene Roddenberry, you know, maybe those guys. That somewhere along the line, there's a paranormal influence that that helps you guys think about all this stuff, just just like you just said. I would think so, and you may not remember it. Yeah, this was just always at the edge of my consciousness. Charlotte, I didn't go out and just pick up every UFO book I could after that. I, I picked up a couple, but it wasn't something that you talked about with your friends. Uh, I found out later there had been a UFO sighting of a triangle, uh, the Hudson Valley Triangle, since this you know, I grew up in Westchester. And... Uh, I found out that some of my classmates had seen one of these triangles in 78, even before the big wave in the 80s, uh, leaving a wrestling match at a neighboring uh, high school at Mamaroneck. And they said it was really terrifying, but they didn't say anything about it. There was a blackout. They called the police. The police said, your whole area is blacked out. We don't know why. Jets came and chased this thing and it took off, they said, just like at light speed in the direction of New Jersey. And I didn't hear about it till a few years ago. I put up a video interview on my YouTube channel with Vinny, the wrestling coach. But isn't that interesting is that these things can happen, Charlotte, but 
you won't talk about it because it has a stigma associated with it and it's a hidden event that's what sociologists call a hidden event it's people are experiencing it but because they feel that the there's such a drawback to publicly talking about it having it associated with you you prefer to remain in silence which i think is where a lot of these topics are made right 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 and when we talk about the the, the cover-ups i mean it's not only you and i not talking about them this is the you know the, this is the the mainstream science community and everybody else you know in the government as well is right yeah it's a big cover-up it's a, a mag uh, just huge proportions huge you can't imagine how big this cover-up is and i'm not just suggesting it's a secret government doing it we're part uh-huh. of that cover-up too uh maybe even the extraterrestrials and the visitors from the other side are part of it in some way but i mean this is pretty big because the more people you talk to and the more people you uh you know read your books and contact you the more you realize this these types of incidents that we could call paranormal or supernatural i mean more people experience this than you would think they just don't talk about it 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 comes up just tangentially when someone who's been in the military one of your relatives or something is drunk too much at the barbecue and starts talking about something and then they i've heard this so many times they say don't ever ask me about it again and i hear this with bigfoot sightings and all types of strange encounters that i feel this is really big because of the number of people i've talked to who are just people i've come across in my life not even all of them have contacted me it's just we happen to start talking and they told me about their experiences so we're part of that cover-up too, to the extent that we don't want to share what we know with other people. Do you think, like you know, all these movies that have been on, you know, or even American Horror Story, showing that the the, the president was Eisenhower was it Eisenhower knew about the extraterrestrials and made a deal with them? Do you think that that something like that has happened? It's definitely possible, or it's a really good cover story to keep us from looking at something even more important. Uh, it's really hard to know. We don't have, I mean, I've heard presentations about the Eisenhower ET encounter. I haven't seen the actual evidence to convince me, you know, that this actually happened, but we have a lot of details about the encounter. We just don't have a lot of physical evidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was gone during that time and they said he was visiting his dentist, but look, the big spin machines that are part of our intelligence agencies. I mean, this is what intelligence agencies do. They produce spin. It's supposed to be directed at your adversaries. It's not supposed to be directed at the society that's paying for them, uh, us. It's supposed to be directed at adversaries to cause confusion. That's the essence of you know intelligence, counterintelligence. And maybe that's something that they invented. We, you know, we're all pretty confused at this point about the reality of UFOs, flying saucers, and extraterrestrials. Because I've talked to a lot of heavy-hitting witnesses who've told me beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is real. They've seen parts. Uh, I wrote about this in, in Black Swan Ghosts. Uh, one engineer from one of the aeronautics firms, he wouldn't tell me which one, he said that one day, and he had worked at JPL, but he said in this firm one day they came to him, the bosses to his team and said, the people who made this went away. We can't figure out how it worked. And he said his whole team looked at it and they all said, this is not from earth. You know, This is from somewhere else. And that was Phil. But I've met other people with similar experiences, top level engineers from Silicon Valley who really know their stuff. I mean, these are people that have been involved in electronics for quite a while. And if they tell me that this is a technology that doesn't exist on earth yet since they're the people that invented this mm-hmm. unless there's another civilization here that's creating non-ordinary isotopes in zero g environment um with uh, you know sizes so small that it's just generations past us unless that's true it's just somebody else who's making it and we haven't had that discussion yet as a society so I think there's really huge amounts of information based on who I've talked to that will be coming out in the upcoming year since our Congress people and senators seem to be interested in investigating this right now. Eventually, they're going to get around to these people who are, you know, have excellent credentials, who work in aeronautics and electronics and 
and all computing and all these fields who would know if something wasn't, you know, manufactured terrestrially. So, yeah. Well, you know, the other thing I look at too is like these newer airplanes that are coming out, you know, our craft, they're getting the ideas. Like I said, they're getting the ideas from somewhere. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's more and more obvious, just like with the, with the Navy Tic Tac, you know, video footage. I mean, there it is right there. The pilots are talking about it, you know, but yet the the big wigs are going to deny it, even though it's right in front of them. Yes. Yeah, so this is the thing that we know from psychology and sociology is that your mind will filter things out that don't fit into your right consensus reality. I mean, we're, our brains are really good at doing this. We have defense mechanisms. And I mentioned before that we could have had experiences that we've forgotten about. Mm -hmm. uh, we have experiences that we don't tell other people about. And then there's also a range of experiences. And I got this from that recent uh, movie, A Flash of Beauty, Bigfoot Revealed. And mm -hmm. I didn't even know this myself. It's an excellent documentary about Bigfoot that came out about a year ago. Um, and there's a sequel coming out in a few months. And in the latter part of that movie, they talk about not only do people have PTSD from encounters with supernatural events, specifically cryptids and Bigfoot, mm -hmm. because it's just something you're not prepared for and they don't play by the same rules that you do. Those cryptids and Bigfoot often, you know, they're just operating on a different level of reality than we're used to they I mean they didn't go to kindergarten like we did so they weren't socialized the way we are they, they can be potentially aggressive or they can seem very intimidating but not only will you have some sort of stress from that and i just interviewed someone a, a radio host gary just last week on an experience he had it's on my youtube channel gary anderson and he said he doesn't even go camping anymore he sold the rv after a hostile encounter with a bigfoot in bc just hiking with a friend and the thing chased him out of there and he loved camping. He doesn't walk in the woods anymore. This is, that's one level of reaction to this. And I imagine you could have the same encounter reaction to a ghost or a spirit or something in, mm -hmm. on, in a location you're investigating. Could really, it could really scare you, but it's actually more severe than that. You might not remember it, the encounter. Right. And this is what they said in a flash of beauty. I mean, and I've encountered people like this, Charlotte, who, Gone, been in the woods and all of a sudden they're back in the parking lot. They don't know how they got there uh, and they're missing time. Or people that saw a Bigfoot in the distance just were raising their camera or their binoculars and all of a sudden they're back in their vehicle and they don't know how they got there. So what we don't know is, is that that a space time slip where you're, and, and this has been reported where these sorts of supernatural phenomena that I'm just calling that because that's what we refer to it as. I think there's actually science behind it, which we can talk about. Is it a space time slip where there was like a rift in time and all of a sudden a couple hours went by or 10 minutes, or did you forget what happened during that time? Because your brain just goes tilt, can't compute, just does not fit. And you're just, you won't remember it. Right. And that goes along the line, too, of these people that wake up in their tents and their clothes are all on backwards or their shoes are on the wrong right. foot. Right. All that. That is quite, you would have to admit that's quite strange. And Charlotte, you were talking about, you know, government conspiracies. Yeah. I mean, I know for a fact there's several cases of that type of thing happening to people high level in the U.S. intelligence agencies, specifically Department of Homeland Security. I've talked to people who knew people that happened to where they literally wake up outside on their lawn. The doors are locked. They don't know how they got out there and their clothes are on backwards or something like this. And it's four in the morning and they don't know how they got out there. And this seems to be one of the calling cards of some of these entities that seem interested in us. I'm not ascribing a negative meaning to it. I'm just saying they seem to be interested and they want to do some sort of, I don't know, biochemical analysis of you or whatever. And they don't know how to put clothes back on or something. Like, and it's weird. And it happens to Bigfoot witnesses too, where all of a sudden they find that the sock is missing. They don't remember losing a sock or the shoe. There's just something's wrong. So this is this is why we're at somewhat of a disadvantage here is unless we have a public discussion about this, a public serious dialogue as a society, the memories are not going to come back. We need to feel like it's okay to share these experiences. 
without the fear of being ridiculed right, uh, right. by our colleagues. Uh, maybe our employers would take some sort of retribution against us for talking. I mean, this happens to airline pilots. It happens to airline pilots that just criticize airline safety procedures in their airline. So, I mean, are you going to go any farther than that if you can't even criticize your company in terms of safety or something? So th this is pretty serious because I'm telling you, there are more people out there that are experiencing this than we're talking about. And there are people that won't go camping anymore. They won't go outside at night. And it's not from human beings. This okay. is from other types of life forms that they encountered that it, it just scared them so much because we're so unprepared for this. But I think, you know, we need to take the next step. We're adults here. And we, we should talk about it. I mean, things that seem scary may just seem scary because you're unprepared. I mean, maybe they are hostile, but maybe they're just different. And it's like some one of those Star Trek episodes that always start off a little scary even going back to Kirk and Spock, when I started watching in the late 60s, they encountered these beans and it starts off a little creepy or something, you know what's going on. But then you realize these beans are kind of like you and they have things, their lives and things that they're doing. And, and you realize they have a personality, you can relate to them, right? It could be that's the case with these creatures, but it's just at this point, it's so unfamiliar. We're like pre-Star you know, pre-enterprise. We're pre-Star Trek at the moment. We haven't had the first contact. Right. So we don't know exactly what we're dealing with. Plus, we're not talking about it as a, this is going to change, but we're not talking about it right now as a society. We're not, it's not like you can just call up a news channel and tell them about this because there, I've been involved in these with media and they like to make fun of us sometimes. Sometimes they have an agenda. They want to ridicule you. They've admitted to me when they've come to test us for remote viewing to do a little show. And they, we, you know, we gave them like 30 targets. We said, pick one out of there and then we'll view it. We don't know which one it is. They told me afterwards that they had come there to debunk. So if you have that hostile attitude, I mean, maybe, you know, it makes news. If it bleeds, it leads. I mean, if you can create some injury, you can get a story. But do we want to go beyond that and really find out what people are dealing with, even people within the government that have no idea I was told by Terry Lovelace, witness to many interesting incidents, incident at Devil's Den Air Force experience when he's camping with a buddy, taken into a triangular craft, and then told by the Air Force never to talk about it again, not to talk to his buddy ever again, that sort of thing. Uh -huh. He told me, and I, he said, I can repeat this, that he got a call from the Department of Homeland Security. And he said they're treating some of these events like criminal uh, activity. And Terry said, well, I didn't know he was, I didn't know the U.S. government had jurisdiction over extraterrestrials. And he said at the other end of the phone, and this was a director, a pretty high level person that he said, Terry told me it was just silent. So, I mean, this is, this is happening. It's just, are we going to be adults here and have mm -hmm. a conversation like we're doing right now and right. bring in witnesses and law enforcement and everyone who's technically responsible in this area, or are we just going to, push it away under the rug i you know well while you know as you were talking and mentioning the airlines i was thinking of the uh the book the ghost of flight 401 and what happened in that case that when the pilots would and the pilots and stewardesses would log this stuff in the log book every time the plane landed the officials would come in and take the log book and replace it with with a new one is that right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh so what what is this called what's the story ghost of flight 401 John G. Fuller, and he talks about how he had relationships with, with you know, with the flight with, with the stewardesses, and so before before each flight that he would fly, because he was he was trying to talk about his other book, you know, on, on the circuit, he would ask the stewardesses to go up with him to look at the flight log, to see if there had been any events, you know, on the planes, and it was always a new flight log. Wow! So they they were getting changed as a way to cover it up. Yeah. The airlines, yeah. So this is what we'd all been living with. Even people in the military, people in, I mm -hmm. talk to them. They they see things out there that defy explanation, but they don't talk about it, and they don't want to have the old psych evaluation. It's uh, so. I mean, this has been a quite a level of persecution, but it's it's just. Uh, I mean. It's not like we can blame somebody for this. We're the ones that created this fear, and we. Re 
we project that into our government and we want them to clamp down and they're doing what they think their constituents want. And I guess some of those constituents are powerful corporations too, but it's quite complex. That's what I'm saying. There is a cover up, but it's, it's not just like someone's doing it to us. We're, we're doing it to each other by not accepting people who've had these experiences and right. Uh, we should treat them better and 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 with respect, and then we would hear from more witnesses, and we'll figure out what's going on here. But we need to have a dialogue. Absolutely, and I can tell you, I don't hike anymore. I don't camp anymore. Missing four one one got me. To, missing four one one got me to stop all that. I'll tell you right now. You know all those missing people. Yeah. Nope. 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 You know, I I understand that. I I like to go in the woods. I still hike. And I've spent so many days out there hiking by myself and I've never encountered anything, uh, you know, more than rattlesnakes and bear and things like this. Moose, moose can chase. I haven't encountered the creepy crawl. I have never, even though I write about it. I mean, this is what I wrote about. And this is my new book. Since we talked last time, I have a new book. It's yeah. Dark Matter oh, cool. Monsters. Dark Matter Monsters. Yeah. I don't think it was out when we talked last time. Was it? I my, my, no. So I... I have read so many times about these cases of the silence happening, the crickets going quiet, right? The whole thing, mm-hmm. that space time shift where parallel reality start showing up or where, whatever you want to believe this is. I I'm a fan of multiverse. I and time looking into one mm-hmm. near parallel realities and stuff. Yeah. So I haven't had this happen yet. I mean, I've never had the silence and I've never been in a place that felt spooky outdoors, but that's just me. I'm just, you know, I just, I know about all this. I just like hiking. (laughs) So if it's, you know, it's just what I do, but I understand it because I've met many people, Charlotte. I I know people who've been pulled out of their sleeping bags at night by something really strong and it wasn't people. There wasn't anyone around. I mean, it was, I, I, I've heard this happening and these people do not want to go. I don't blame you or them at all. They move. They don't want to be around woods anymore. It, it could be really traumatic. So all the more reason to have a discussion and yeah, why isn't the park service? Why aren't they volunteering this information? Why do they want to charge to put together this missing persons list? I mean, these are government agencies. They should be accountable to the public. Right. And people should be allowed to film in national forests about this topic without being harassed by the Forest Service. So, yeah, this is part of that cover up. But again, we're part of that, too. We should be writing our representatives and saying, look, you need to get to the what is going on out there. Why do we have this happening in forests and national parks and so forth? Well, heck, I'm lucky I even drive down the freeway because I have missing time on the freeway. It happened to my friend and I in the car one night. It did. Yeah, it was really weird, and I don't know if I told you the story, but... Uh, no, no, go ahead. Please do. We're dry, we're dry. It was late because I used to have a late shift, and so we would always go to the midnight movie. And so we were rushed out, and it was still, because it was, it was summer, so there was still daylight, like 8, 30, 9 o'clock, and we're driving down the freeway, and when I was a kid, that old freeway, I, I, I would lay in the hatchback. Yes, there were these things called hatchbacks, guys. And yeah. I would lay back there, and I remember all the all the overpasses on the freeway had 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 vines on them. And as we're driving down the freeway, I'm noticing all the lights disappear on either side of me, and I'm seeing the freeway like it was when I was a kid, with the vines on the overpasses. And that's the last thing I remember. And we ended up like 45 minutes out of town. Wow, like a time slip. Yeah. It, like you were going into the past, the way things used to be on that highway. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was totally weird. And we went back. We went by two major, through Sacramento, past past a major city, which we sort of we should have been seeing the lights from, and there were no lights at all. That is really. Do you have this written down anywhere? I mean, can I read about this in detail? Do you have a, a website or something where you wrote I'll send this? You something. I'll send you something on it. Yes. Yeah, so this is this. So, so Charlotte, this is what fascinates me. If I, I've had friends, this happens too. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just like what you're talking about, it's, there's a slip and they're going into the past. They're going into another time. And when they come back, whatever they saw there isn't there anymore. They're told it hasn't been there for decades, like restaurants or things. 
it is really odd. I, there was a guy taking my RV class, remote viewing in Boulder, he, and he told me one time he was walking across one of the streets there, Arapahoe, and all of a sudden it turned black and white, and it looked like carriages and horses and barns. And it lasted 10 or 15 seconds. He snapped back. Um, uh, no, I've heard this many times, and I, I'm, I'm convinced these people are telling me what they experienced. And mm -hmm. It, it's probably because our construction of space-time is just that, a construction of our minds and our social consensus. It may not really work like that. Right. right. So, I mean, I'm not trying to scare you, but if you yeah. realize what this means, you're going to feel a butterflies in your stomach is it isn't a line. It's not linear. You can jump to another timeline. Yeah, yeah. Your awareness can jump because you're in all those timelines. And your consciousness can switch over because it's a similar frequency, something like that. Because I've heard this too many times, and uh, it can happen around UFOs. It can happen around cryptids. There's probably it can happen around haunted sites. It's there is probably a physics reason for it that the physics constants we're used to that seem to make up ordinary reality, makes things look solid and stable. We're communicating across thousands of miles right now, so it's working, but they can change, they can shift. And there's some beings, creatures, life forms that can make it shift mm -hmm. because that's how they get around. So they show up in your area and you just get this sort of warbling space-time effect. Mm -hmm. And, uh, no, it's really, it's really something else. It's easy to pretend it's not happening, but it happens more than you would think. And it's certainly the space time, these space time slips are fascinating. Fascinating. Well, I kind of seen it with psychics, you know, out, out on location, like at old hotels, because I've, I know psychics who have walked into walls because she's, they see it as a door. They've walked through the wall. Yeah. And they'll walk right into the wall. <laughs> It's funny in a sick sort of way, but I mean, that's what they're seeing. It, it, it was an open doorway or a door was there. And they just oh, keep walking. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Hotels are famous for that because they have this history and so many different people have been there. Mm -hmm. And you read about these cases where visitors see the same thing happening over and over again. Um, yeah. It's just another aspect of it. Now, in my mind, these are all related phenomena because... Uh, you know, the universe we live in that we operate under has certain rules. It's just we're not used to those rules changing, bending, uh -huh. being variable, just like the speed of light. Let me just give you one example. Einstein proposed a variable speed of light. He was so well known for what he won his Nobel Prize for in uh, general theory of relativity that he didn't actually want to change he didn't want to go off in a whole new direction, but he was talking, writing about this, talking about variable speed of light. If you have things at a variable speed of light, Charlotte, they're not going to look like objects we're used to. They're, they're going to have a sheen to them. They're going to be shifted into the blue or red if their speed of light is faster or slower. And we had someone, Hal Putoff, worked at SRI, worked for the government classified programs, OSAP, the UFO government, government UFO program. I mean, he gave us a lecture about how permittivity and speed of light, permittivity being one of the electrical constants of materials, how the UFO materials can change those, make it variable. And all of a sudden, their speed of light's different than yours. And they don't even need a propulsion system. They're just using, you know, permittivity to propel themselves, just literally to change the density of space-time. So... Uh, once you add variation into these, which I, even Einstein was talking about, uh, you're going to have things, living beings in different frames of reference. They won't look the same. I mean, we know even from Einstein's relativity theory that you get these Lorentzian contractions as you get closer to the speed of light, things get squashed, space, time slows down for them. This is what could be happening with these types of life forms and other technologies that are built around this. We're the ones that are used to it being fixed. Standard speed of light, right? All these constants just don't, you know, shut up and calculate as they say in quantum mechanics. Don't ask the questions, don't, you know, but 
that's the outgrowth of this military industrial complex that came together in World War II and somehow never quite came apart after World War II. It just get more centralized and more central, right? We know this is what happened to our system of government. Uh, it's like this emergency of World War II caused the centralization. So that affected physics. It affected physics and affected science, and it created science based on centralized funding and sticking to the game, playing the you know playing the game, sticking to the rules. So we'd stopped asking questions, and as a result, all of this paranormal phenomena got pushed to the side, even though people had experiences with it. And people, at a minimum, were reporting it to the government in terms of UFOs, but project, you know, you had these different projects culminating in Project Blue Book, where they were just trying to push it away, like just do anything to make it go away. And I think, you know, maybe they had a reason during the Cold War, they didn't want the Soviet Union exploiting some sort of panic or fear about UFOs. But what it ended up doing is, in my view, is pushing all of these phenomena, even remote viewing and, and these other really interesting psychic phenomena, pushed it all to the side so here we are in 2023 when we're doing this show, right? Right. And we have this huge closet of heebie-jeebies and creepy crawlies and in subjects that we have data for. The government even had its own remote viewing program. It had OSAP. It had ATIP for UFOs. Who knows what they have for Bigfoot and cryptids? They got to have something, I would imagine. They certainly get reports about it. Uh, if we're to believe some of these FBI agents, but it's all gotten pushed away. Mm -hmm. But what happens to things that you try to push away? I mean, eventually that closet cannot hold any more things. Right, <laughs> you right. can't keep putting an infinite number of things in that closet. What happens in your house if you keep pushing things into a corner? One day you pull one thing out and everything comes oh, tumbling down. Yeah. That's my closet. It happens to me. Well, this is what happens to all these topics. You've been pushing them away into the closet and you have these government projects where you're spending millions of dollars to try to say it's a weather balloon or it's ice crystals. I mean, that may explain some of it, but it's certainly not doing justice to the topics. And then you got people's experience. It's called cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. It's what people are experiencing. And then the reality of what we're told, it's so different that we're at the cracking point right now. And you can hear this just in the Senate Intelligence Committee meetings that are public. There was one on C-SPAN just, I watched on Twitter earlier today where one of the senators is really asking the hard questions. So, I mean, this is, it just cannot keep covering up. It, it can't do that forever. No matter what conspiracy theory you believe in, these things crumble. And I think we're starting to see the cracks right now because there are just too many people who have experienced it. And it's really begging for some good science, just like Lekatsky writes about in Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. You know, James Lekatsky that worked for OSAP, who said, hey, we should go out and Skinwalker. They got UFOs, they got Bigfoot, cryptids, orbs, all the cool stuff. Let's go out and check it out, see if it's a national security threat. I mean, he writes in his book that they went to the other intel agencies when he got back to D.C. and said, would you want to fund us? I mean, this is kind of interesting mm -hmm. stuff. Space time slips, all this. I mean, there's something relevant to national security somewhere along the line here. And they said, no, we will not. We will not be associated with your weird stuff, Mr. Lekatsky. So, uh, so the, you know, you can't keep doing that forever. Eventually, you're not in contact with reality. And if it keeps shifting in the direction it seems to be going in Charlotte, there's going to be more Navy pilots coming forward, more people seeing these craft, more people getting seeing cryptids and dogmen and Bigfoot and other time slips. I think it's headed more in that direction. It just like you get climate change, you get this kind of dimensional expansion dimensional changes too it's not just weather things over periods of time have cycles and we're in a cycle now where there's more information about that it's like a period of dark matter expansion and these topics are coming out so where do we want to be in that do we want to let other countries take the you know take the lead in that and discussions i don't know it's called the sputnik moment if they do so well my other thought was too i mean congress wants to get the information and maybe we're going to find out some senators or representatives have been abducted or been in contact with these right. too and they've been suppressing right. it all this time just waiting for 
a time when this is going to start coming out so, so they can bring their stories out. That's a really good point. I never thought about that. That's probably what's going on. There's probably some of them that have had these experiences who haven't talked about it. And that may be the reason why they keep pushing for these classified hearings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think you've got a good point there. They, they, I mean, again, as I mentioned, some of them have experienced abductions, waking up on their lawns with no memory of how they got there. Um, maybe it's happened other ways too. And we don't know the full story that that would really push the snowball down the hill. Wouldn't it? Yeah, if, absolutely. if some of them came forward and finally said, because you know what they said to Harry Reid, Senator Harry Reid from Nevada. I mean, he was the one that got OSAP going, you know, the advanced weapons, aerospace systems application program, you know, give it a nice name like that. So no one knows it's a UFO program. They told Harry, and he had had a sighting, I think his family did in Nevada, and he got together with Senator Inouye and Stevenson from Alaska. They were all interested in this, I think. Was it uh, Representative, is it Stevens or Steve? Yeah, from Alaska. I think he had served in World War II and seen a Foo Fighter or something from the plane. But he was told by his aides, he said this in one of the interviews. They said, oh, Harry, don't, don't talk about this. This will hurt your career. And, and he said, I don't care. I'm, we, this is reality. I want to find out what this is. Uh, we got to give him credit. He stuck to his guns. He said, we're, no, I, I don't care about my career. I want to, this is the truth where this is matters what people are seeing. And I think uh, Robert Bigelow, and he was being interviewed by 60 Minutes, you know, for his Bigelow Aerospace, and he owned Skinwalker Ranch for a while. They said the same thing to him. The interviewer, she said, if I remember correctly, don't you think this could hurt your reputation? And he said, I couldn't, I don't care about that. I'm who cares about reputation? I, I don't need any more money. I own, you know, I'm a wealthy billionaire. I own the whatever hotel chain, motel chain he owned. Mm -hmm. Uh he said, I don't care about that. This is this is matters. Who else is on the planet with us? Where are these vehicles coming from? So we have to be thankful there are people like that, like Bigelow and Reed, that said, to heck with reputation. See, this is how people get blackmailed. I'm sure this happens to pilots and other people that have seen things like this. Law enforcement, too. They're out there at different hours of the night. They see all sorts of things. They are just told, well, it won't be good for your career. You know, promotion. You do want to become captain one day, that sort of thing. Uh, and it, so, well, anyway. Charlotte, it'll catch up. It's a rubber band effect. You know, you pull it back far enough, it's really going to snap forward. It's just how we want it to snap. That's the question. Uh, Julie Farrell says they discouraged A. Ford and uh, Carter. Right. Ford, thank you, Jules. You know, uh, that's right. Ford had had an experience, didn't he? That's right. And Carter had had a sighting. And the Clintons were certainly interested in it. I talked to someone that knew someone that worked in their home in Chappaqua, having grown up here in Westchester. And she said that they had a huge crop circle picture book on their coffee table in the wow. living room. And we know they were interested. They had these you know, starlight conference. Mm -hmm. had the Rockefeller conferences and so forth up at Pacantico Hills, which Jacques Vallée has written about. So yeah, they're interested in it and it's going to take someone with guts to really stand up to the whole system, just like Harry Reid did or Robert Bigelow or other people that are fearless who say, look, we need to know what type of reality we live in here, right? Absolutely. What comes to mind, too, when you talk about eventually everything's going to open up? I mean, I started ghost hunting 25 years ago. And back then, it was hush-hush. Nobody wanted to talk about it. But it's taken 25 years, really, to get it to the point where everybody's really open about it. Right. It's, it's taken about 25 years, and now it's sort of cool to be involved with it. There's lots of shows yeah. and experiences. Uh, you know, I was even talking to my mom once and she said, and I'm glad I recorded this, that my dad had had a dream where someone named Lowe called and said, just 
tell Jane. Uh, I said, hi. And so he came down uh, and told her, I just had this dream. And there on the delivered that day in the mail was a letter telling my mom that her friend Lois had passed on. And my dad didn't know Lois. So this is how they communicate. I mean, it would evidence that they communicate from the other side. And I've talked to enough people who've received phone calls from people that have passed on. And it's usually just like that. They get a call from some relative they haven't spoken to in a while. So I just want you to know I'm fine. Just call and say hi. And they find out they passed away a week ago. Hmm. We've heard stories like that. But again, I've talked to people it's happened to and uh, that just convinces you that, you know, it's a little different reality than we were taught in school, if that's what's going on. Um, it's all fascinating. It's all fascinating stuff as far as I'm concerned. Let me ask you about dimensions because you were talking about, you know, the earlier kind of talking about dimensions. Well, do you think there's all these different dimensions and maybe that's what we're crossing into back and forth? Mm-hmm. That's exactly, I think that's exactly right, Charlotte. I mean, this was proposed in physics over 50 years ago by Hugh Everett III. Maybe we talked about this in the previous interview. I mean, sure. he, grad student at Princeton, and he thought the simplest way to interpret the Schrodinger wave function, which is this undifferentiated wave equation. How do you go from this undifferentiated amorphous wave equation with zillions of possibilities into this reality we see with definite colors? definite motion, definitiveness. No one's ever explained this in quantum mechanics. There was idea of wave collapse, but that no one's ever seen that happen. It was just a sort of philosophical idea. But Everett proposed, no, all the possibilities are real in some reality, and there's a version of you in all those realities, and you just happen to be in this one. Uh, Everett proposed the idea of many worlds, and at the time, it wasn't, it was just considered science fiction, but just like ghosts and haunted studies, which I think there's just lots of evidence for. Uh, Everett proposed an idea of parallel realities, as we would call it nowadays. Now, in his Everett's view, these didn't interact again. So he wasn't interested in paranormal phenomena. It was just a math model, but it did describe many worlds. The other versions of Everett, more recent ones, are called the many interacting worlds model. And they suggest that there are interactions with these worlds. And what gives me hope here is those particular physicists have said, our model shows that we cannot rule out that we're interacting with other parallel realities, other worlds right now. And they say, we don't, we can't say what that would look like, but this is what it suggests is what we call quantum mechanics is literally the product, the wave function is a product of inter interacting worlds. It produces a vibrational pattern overtones that we see in our world as quantum mechanics, this kind of amorphous evolving wave like equations, but it's actually the product of parallel realities bumping into each other. And if you have changes in the electromagnetic field, like Mm -hmm. we've seen in crop circles, I've seen this myself many times with the cameras and batteries going out. If you have some shapes, fractal toroidal shapes, as they're called, different varieties of Maxwell and electromagnetics, you can literally suck the electromagnetic energy out of a system. And this is just my idea of it. And other realities that are right there are going to fill it in. And this seems to me the closest approximation of what's going on is we're these other parallel parallel realities are there. Usually you and I are doing our thing and we sort of push them away. Our consciousness creates this reality, pushes the weaker ones out. But if there's a collapse of the electromagnetic field for whatever reason, and I documented this in Dark Matter Monsters with a story that somebody told me of a town in the Midwest who had worked at the Defense Department who said this, how they were monitoring this when a town lost its electromagnetic spectrum for 24 hours, there was no electricity or magnetism for 24 hours. Watches didn't work, batteries didn't work. They never contacted the town, but they were watching it from a distance. Don't tell me how they do this. He wouldn't tell me how they were monitoring this from a distance. They must monitor the whole thing. But we have examples of this 
it seems to me, I would have liked to have been in that town when that happened. Do other realities start to push their way in as your electromagnetic spectrum collapses? It's just a good research question, but I think it's as good a model as any other. So yeah, I mean, this is a long-winded answer to your question, Charlotte, but I think it's cool. Yeah, there are models for parallel realities, and those physicists say, look, this is the simplest way to interpret reality, but we can't say where that leads. But I think those of us involved in these topics, I think we can say where it leads. It leads to things popping out of nowhere right into your house. Uh -huh, uh -huh. That's what it leads to. And it leads to things popping up in the forest when you're there and then going behind a tree and vanishing. So, right. Well, mm -hmm. even Sylvia Brown said it, you know, in her, in her way, you know, as a psychic, she always said that the other side was three feet away and a step up. Right. There you go. It's not that far away. I think it's around us all the time. And what happens when you go to sleep? Right. Well, a lot of us dream. Where do you think those dreams are coming from? It's not just your brain. I mean, I know that's the physiological explanation classic is your brain's generating. I don't think that's what it is. I think those are parallel realities just waiting to pop up when you're, you know, your internal field kind of changes. It opens up space for other things that are already there. So, yes, three feet away. I think that's a good way to think about it. I know it's not easy to think about. Everett didn't say it was easy to think about. No one says parallel reality, Charlotte, are totally easy to imagine in the same right. space. But right. they're there. They're a different channel on the tuner of your world experience TV, your multiverse experience TV. And you can change the channels. Normally during the day, you're like fixed on your channel, but it can change. And that's honestly, if you had to ask me, that's what I think is going on. And I think... I think we have enough physics now to explain how this is happening. People may not agree with this. That's fine. But I mean, I have been studying this for 25 years, ever since I came across remote viewing in 1996. And the experiences remote viewers had and going to crop circles as it led me and then UFO witnesses. And if you put it all together, it suggests a fractal based universe with parallel realities that things shift and it, it's it's quantum in the sense like your experience charlotte on the road it's not like this gradual change it's a sudden shift and all of a sudden the vines come back on the overpass like you were a kid like you're back on that other channel and i've experienced it briefly for a few seconds here or there uh myself as a younger person i've had that happen very briefly i didn't know what it was at the time seeing another reality overlaid just for a few seconds. So I think that's what it is. And I think if we talked to a lot of people, Charlotte, we, we would find people have had these experiences and that's what it is. It's another parallel reality. And, you know, you and I are on this reality and it's fun being, we, we know people here and we like this one, but there are other channels too. And at some point you pass on and go to some of those other channels. Absolutely. Now another question I just thought of was people seeing their, their doppelgangers. I mean, could that be, one per, one reality running into the other reality. I think it could be. Uh, the Everettian model is firm that there are multiple versions of you because you're in a quantum wave equation too. Mm -hmm. You're not just fixed. There's all these variations of your particles as they express themselves in a wave function. And that means there are other versions of you. There are versions of you. Just imagine yourself in other versions wearing different clothes, doing different things. Those are real. And I think those are the easiest ones to contact because their frequency is pretty similar to your collection of particles, mm -hmm. you know, but slight variation uh, in any way you could imagine. And I think it can be useful to people to imagine themselves, especially things that you feel like you want in your life is to imagine yourself doing those things in other realities and, and seeing what you're doing there that makes it work. And you can get those ideas that I think is actually one of the best uses of RV is to see yourself doing other things. And I've actually taught classes around this. I call it human fusion, but it's the idea that there's different versions of yourself and you can use your imagination to see what you're doing. So yeah, I think it's real and it has practical application for me. It's just working with people to envision other possibilities for whatever you're doing and getting real tangible clues from those other realities. So, yeah, double gangers and all that, I, I think those are real. I had an instance. I must have been probably about nine or ten. We were traveling home from Europe, and we were at the uh, Hungarian uh, you know, International Airport, and I saw myself. I saw myself 
you know, across across the terminal. And it was definitely me. But, you know, I, I didn't know what to make of it as a kid. I just went, oh, look at that, you know. So I've heard, you know, I have seen that. I, a friend of mine and I were having, I think, lunch behind where I work. And I have this other friend. And we thought she had come to join us. She was walking towards us. But it wasn't her. It was another version of her. Yeah. It's just very interesting. You know, Carlos Castaneda wrote about this. I mean, Don Juan in the Castaneda books, if you ever read them, talked about meeting your double. And I've had that experience in dreams where I met my double in a dream. And it seemed really lucid and visceral. It was considered a fortuitous thing in the Yaqui Indian tradition mm-hmm. of Don Juan in Mexico to see your double. I mean, it seemed to indicate a certain level of mind prowess to be able to have that happen. So you should consider to it, consider it sort of like a lucky charm to have that happen. Cause it means you're starting to see that there's that what seems so solid and fixed is more variable and flexible, uh-huh. right? Reality. And that you could start seeing other versions of yourself, you know, just a little bit. We don't want to, flip anyone out here but that's right. the experience that people have again where we're at right now as a society is like flatland like that edwin abbott book from the 1880s which i came across quite a while ago in graduate school which was really supposed to be a parody like a, a like a, a parody of victorian england of how conformist it was but it turned out to be a criticism of us that we think that this flatness is reality when we're living on a tabletop, not realizing there's these spheres and creatures from sphere land that are showing up that seem really strange. But once we realize we're on flat land, that sphere land doesn't seem as weird after all. Do you so. think, because, you know, getting back to the government, you know, with, with UFOs and stuff, we have a tendency to want to dissect everything. So do you think, I mean, there might be even fear from the, I want to say UFO drivers. We just say that from the aliens of even making contact because I mean, they, 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 they have, they've had the chance all these hundreds of years to look in on us. So maybe they're feeling that we're going to, that we're actually going to dissect them or do whatever to them. You mean like the government would have this fear of that? Yeah. Yeah. I think governments, you know, I mean, the government presents a picture to us of control over a certain area of space. And if they don't have that control, they don't have as much justification for doing what they do. And I think it's a big step for any government or military to admit it doesn't have control of the airspace. It doesn't control the land space. Same thing with law enforcement. They're always going to tell you you saw a bear, no matter what cryptid you saw. Uh-huh. Uh, it's because they don't want to admit, you know, it's just, a, it's just people that have a, you know, are paid to be an authority like that. They believe in this too and it shatters that illusion of control and i don't think they want to admit to their constituents that what we're paying for they can't deliver Mm -hmm. and of you know people encountering these cryptids policemen law enforcement officers it, it takes a very heavy toll on them to realize they had no idea what they were coming up against they can't do anything about it. They can't even talk about it back at, you know, headquarters. And they so it's just it's like a no-win situation. They're up against a type of reality that doesn't fit anything that we were taught about. So I think there is a fear from that level. But look, we have to come to grips with reality. As we said, we can't just have government doing its thing decade after decade without adapting. Or we'll all end up in a very kind of a low technological state because we won't be evolving. Yeah, I think we've been suffering from this since World War II. There's just a lot of developments that haven't really been talked about, discussed, because, you know, there's just some, it's like the status quo wants to stay the status quo. It's it's like that movie. Remember that movie Pleasantville that starts out black and white yes. and turns. Yes. Yeah. So we're living in Pleasantville right now. I think many of us have been surprised by the lack of technological development in the past couple of decades. I mean, when I was just a kid, we were always talking about as there was Omni magazine talking about flying cars, oh, yeah. just God, the house that did all the work for you, you know, yeah. <laughs> did the dishes and 
that, I mean, and, and it just has been, we're still using the same sort of technology from the past hundred years or so. It hasn't changed. I mean, it's changed in some ways, but in other ways it hasn't. And look how aged the electrical grid is. So it's just an example of how nobody wants to admit there's an issue. So we don't really deal with it. And I think this is what applies to all these subjects. I think anyone breaking ranks here is going to open up the way for a lot of change. And, you know, bureaucrats generally don't want that in any society. Bureaucrats sort of want things to stay the same. And I think that's what we've been living under. But, you know, that's not the people we are, at least not here in the U.S. We, we like things to evolve, to change, to grow. We, you know, we want it to be lively and, you know, conducive to hum the human spirit, which is to discover more and more. There used to be this pillars at, at Gibraltar as you left the Mediterranean and it said on it, plus ultra, plus ultra, back hundreds and hundreds of years ago. It just meant more beyond. And that's who we are, is we just want to know what's out there. I think that's the human spirit. What do you see happening? What I see happening is what we're seeing right now in Congress, which is more and more government uh, opening up to these topics one way or another. And if, if it's happening right now in UFOs, eventually it'll get around to cryptids too. Is Just like you, you said earlier, I think it's a very good point. There's people within government that have experienced this. There's people within government that want this to be talked about. We know some of them. They've come forward recently uh, and pushed, you know, the Pentagon. They pushed for this AARO office, all uh, all domain anomaly resolution office, whatever you want to call it. I'm still fine with UFOs. That's what you want to call them. But, I mean, there are people pushing for this because it becomes dysfunctional. Eventually, you just have too many people complaining. They can't do their jobs like Navy pilots if you have objects in their practice ranges. So it, it just doesn't happen in a linear way though. I mean, I worked in Vienna in 1989 at an East West Research Institute. And I worked with a lot of East Germans who told me how great East Germany was. If you were in with the communist party, it wasn't so bad being in East Germany, you had everything you needed, you know, daycare and medical care. But their society ceased to exist in five months after I knew them. It was gone by December 89, ceased to exist. So. People just stormed the wall, and that was the end of East Germany. A couple months later, it just it, it wasn't viable. Is that what's going to happen to us in some way, too, is we're just going to get tired of the lies, or will the system adapt? We'll see. It could go either way. I'm voting for it adapting and having more fun conversations like this on a larger scale throughout media instead of saying what you saw was a bear or a weather balloon. You know, I think sure. we've all had enough of that explanation, uh, you know, swamp gas. Absolutely, absolutely. So what's next for you? Well, we've been having a lot of fun with our Bigfoot Cryptid Zoom group that meets twice a month. We've been having more and more people tell us their stories, uh, just the most incredible stories. I mean, you don't know where it's going to go, but we've been having a lot of fun with that group and more people joining and telling us their stories. And uh, I'm looking forward to creating a conference in Estes Park sometime this summer. Mm -hmm. The uh, Bigfoot uh, Paranormal Conference, Remote Viewing Paranormal Conference, where we sort of look at these issues and we do some remote viewing around it and see if we can make some progress with that sort of methodology. So, Cool, cool, cool. And how can people find you, sir? Oh, sure. Feel free to go to my website, uh, simeonhine.com. My YouTube channel, let's look up my name. And my blog is newcrystalmind.com. And I'm happy to send any listeners a signed copy of any of my books from, there's a link right at the top of New Crystal Mind to get copies of these signed since you're such great fans. Uh -huh. And that's, yeah, go to my blog, New Crystal Mind. And, and you can get lots of free information there. I have a free mini remote viewing class, seven videos to get you started and how to do remote viewing totally free so fantastic all right sir thank you so much it was it was a blast like always thanks charlotte i enjoyed it we'll talk again soon yeah we'll get you back on at some point all right thank you sir have a good evening rest of your evening too all right bye-bye okay that was great it's always fun to have him on and get into these discussions i love it love it love it i could talk to him all day 
Okay, tomorrow. Leslie, I'm not even going to try it right now. So Leslie G will be here with us talking about part two of uh, that that story about the teen uh, the, the teenage boy who killed his father, because uh, there's more to be said for that than what we were able to squeeze into an hour. So she'll be back tomorrow evening, 6:30 p.m. Pacific. Okay, and like I said earlier, if you like what you saw and you're watching from Facebook and you haven't done so already, please hit that follow button and show us some love. You know, hit that heart or hit hit the thumbs up. I, I love seeing that stuff. Same thing with YouTube. Um, if, if you like what you saw, be sure to uh, subscribe if you haven't done so already. But um, hit, hit the love button, right? Show me some love. Just really appreciate it. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. I appreciate it. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We are equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. So, uh, yeah. So, please do that. You know, we, we just want to keep getting the word out for the show. All right. So I'm going to repeat his contact information for him and show you the four books that he has. And then I'm going to let you guys go and uh, enjoy your evening. So here we go. Okay. Websites, uh, planetaryintelligence.com, newcrystalmind.com, open, uh, openingminds.info, and simeonheim.com. And we got books, Planetary Intelligent. Black Swan Ghosts, Opening Minds, excuse me, and Dark Matter Monsters, jeez, my throat, allergies. And those are available either at his website or at Amazon as well. Oh, yes, I have a correction for you as well for people that wanted to donate. I couldn't figure out why people are having trouble finding us over at PayPal. That's because I misprinted it. So uh, if you if you want to help me out, keep the show on the air, you know, so, so I keep things going, you can do that at paypal.me forward slash California Haunts. See, there's a big difference. Forward slash. Just like our YouTube address is youtube.com forward slash ampersand at Cal- that would be at California Haunts. Or the Venmo address. I appreciate each and every one of you for coming tonight, and I will see you guys tomorrow at 6.30. Have a good evening.